0: the audio biography, the podcast where we talk about the music that changed our lives and yours. I'm back here today with my good buddy Clint. What's up, Clint?
1: Hey, buddy.
0: Yeah, Clint's good remote. To be here. Yeah, he's remote again. Um, still up there in Ohio, land of Jim, what's his face? The
2: Congressman. Oh, that dude. Oh, man, Jim we Jordan. have to
1: start out with that. <laughs> Son of GYM.
2: A Gender. He's not my district people. Not my
1: district. <laughs> if felt if he was, I'd be just, just throw him the
0: hell out of there. Oh, yeah, just right that next door, anyway. door. So anyway, we're not here to talk yeah, about I that. Do. Let's talk about part three <laughs> of our Beatles series. We've, we've we've done Rubber Soul. We've done Revolver. Now we're in uh, late '66 and '67. We're going to talk about Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Also, uh, a couple other uh, very important uh, songs that were supposed to be on there, but weren't. Um, But they ended up on the greatest Mm -hmm. double A side ever. Um, First thing I wanna do, if I can. So, we left off at Revolver. Um, They've released it, they wrapped up the tour in 66, the last time they played live other than the rooftop concert. Um, you know, they were exhausted, sick of the road. Um, George almost quit the band at that point. Uh, they got him to come back saying, hey, we're never going to tour again. Paul went on vacation. John went and did a, uh, did a film. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then Paul was doing the, the family way soundtrack with the, with George Martin. And also John met Yoko for the first time in that little period between, uh going off tour and this this record. Um Ringo yeah, right. Ringo was just doing the Ringo thing hanging out with his wife and kid. Good guy. Yeah.
2: Um but another <laughs> he's only totally uh, yeah. Totally, yeah.
0: Of course another big thing that happened around this time, which we should touch on just a little bit, is Paul is dead this was around oh my god this was around the time that all that stuff started right so you know he supposedly had died in uh november of 66 in a car crash and was replaced by a lookalike um (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny people love conspiracy theories now but they they loved them then too man it was just something fun to do right
1: I wish I could say that was the original conspiracy theory, but uh, it is for rock music. Maybe
0: um, it's the earliest one I can really maybe think not
1: of. the first. Yeah, maybe it's one. Of the, uh, one I don't of know the, if there was any.
0: It's one of the biggest. It was actually a real thing. I mean, now it seems silly, but for some people, it was real, and they were looking for the clues and all that kind of stuff. But I just want to throw it out there that that's that was going on right now. Um, we're not going so to. So here's to a question. Yeah. You,
1: do you believe that they um, that they purposely put clues out there just to mess with people?
0: I don't think they did at first, but I do think maybe a little here and there when it when it was you know out there and they knew about it. I think they I think they may have done a couple of things, but I don't you know I don't think that they were the I don't think that they were you know it didn't originate with them. Um,
1: Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Definitely
0: didn't originate with them, but I think they might have played with it some. And I don't know. Maybe as we go through, we'll talk about some of that, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on that. I thought, I, I was just trying to catch up with where the Beatles are between Revolver and where we're where we're headed now. Um, it was a it was a pretty, it, you know, it was tumultuous up until the end of the tour, and then they all just kind of went away for a little bit for the first time in a Mm -hmm. long time um you know they hadn't really had a few months off like they did at the end of 66 so and they needed it um and then you know what what came out of that was the pepper (laughs) album and lots of drug use and (laughs) Assorted well, it was
1: other. to deal with 1966, right? <laughs> they yeah. just had to deal with they, their lives had been this constant rushing around for, to tour to tour, and then rushing back in the studio, and then getting back on tour. I mean, they were they were burnt out. I think I think all of them were burnt out. George, you mentioned he was the worst for wear, but I mean, even Paul took a vacation, and Paul ends up being the one that's driving them toward cheering them on um coaching him through making the pepper album but even he needed a vacation
0: yeah well he was always a cheerleader especially in the later years i mean if certain things hadn't gone a certain way he'd have been you know he would have been good to keep making records with them just forever it you know it was it was not him that it's not that he didn't want to right he you know he Frank. was he was ready to go, and then some other things happened that we'll talk about as we get to the later albums, and mm-hmm. and and sadly get to the end of the Beatles, and I'm sure we'll have to talk about some of that. Um, but that's okay. I mean, it's just part of the story, and in a lot of ways, um, it's a good thing probably because we've talked about other bands that after so many years we kind of quit their albums because they're just not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be that way with the Beatles. They stopped at. I mean, at the height, I mean, it's, they were as good as they ever were with Abbey Road, right? So, you know, we had that, we had, we, we have, we have everything in their collection that is good. We don't have those things that get tacked on towards the end when they're tired of doing it. So it all works out for us for sure. And it worked out for them.
1: Absolutely. So they started
0: their recording sessions and they had a couple of songs and they're not on the album. They were they were going to be, but you know they were getting a lot of pressure to put singles out. So um, those two songs, of course, are "Penny Lane" and "Strawberry Fields Forever." And instead of putting them on, you know, uh, releasing them as separate singles, they put them on the same forty-five. And uh, of course, they both did unbelievably well. Um, probably, in my opinion, the greatest double A side ever. I don't know what, what. what do you think about, about this particular release?
1: <laughs> you know what's funny about that though? It never got to number one, did it? No. Wasn't For, wasn't wasn't there a song by something Humper Dink or what's his name? Yeah, Engelberg. Humblederp <laughs> Engelbert. <laughs>
0: Engelberg hum, Humperdink. Humperdink.
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, see, I purposely, I, I mean, how you going to remember that name? But you have to read that off. But, oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, I mean, I mean, Hey Jude's got to be up there, but God, I love the, the combination of both those songs and their compliments to each other. Uh, they're both evoking childhood memories. You know, John's is more, you know, we think of John, uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. We identify with John more on that one, but I mean that's what Paul is trying to do with Penny Lane too. He's trying to evoke a, a memory from his childhood, um, and yeah. it's John's childhood too. Uh, so that that's that's kind of the neat part, and it, and, and you know, it it kind of plays off that they really were, you know, two great songwriters that complemented each other very well and the, and this is the this is the evidence of that that and i am going to agree with you on the as you put that in the hot take machine
2: <laughs> yes
1: that's a uh, single ever double double a side single ever
0: yeah um i yeah it's it's pretty amazing you know there you, you you've heard the saying uh two sides of the same coin i mean this is two sides of the same record because yeah they are both about the childhoods you know paul's is a little more paul right it's it's happy and Mm -hmm. uplifting and 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 not that strawberry fields is sad but there is some of that pain of john's upbringing in it even though paul had lots of pain too but paul just didn't show it much he was not really too much about all that i mean yesterday was kind of in that vein Uh, with his mother and 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 what they went through there but yeah it's like um it's just they're the perfect complement and penny lane is probably it's definitely my favorite beatles song ever and it's oh wow quite possibly my favorite song ever for lots of reasons um probably the first reason is it's it is one of the first beatles songs that i truly remember hearing when i was younger um the other the the other part of it is just it is such a perfectly composed and written piece of pop music it's hard it's hard to do better um it, it's it's got Paul yeah out, it's uh, got and it's got and I, I'm not going to get I, I like to get in the weeds on too much of music theory and stuff like that I'm not going to do that on this On this episode but i want to i want to make sure that we're talking about how this stuff touches us but one of the things about it is how it modulates keys down when they go to the chorus which is something that just almost never happens and the reason is it doesn't work but it works perfectly in this song um it's just it's it's the it's the song uh from the beatles that i can always go back to and without a doubt, if I listen to it, I'm going to come out feeling better. And that's that's probably why it's so far up the list for me. Not just with them, but music. And, you know, just across all the decades of my life. So, I'd, between these two songs, do you have a favorite?
1: <sighs> See, I would probably... Uh, so, Okay. So my first, my first reaction would be to say Penny Lane because it's a Paul song. But I remember, uh, I'm going to go back to my, my early Beatles roots, my, ooh, I have the Red and Blue album, I Really Know the Beatles, right. time of my life. But <clears throat> the first song on that Blue album is Strawberry Fields Forever, I believe, I believe that's right, on side A and um i just uh, it's hard to pick but um i just want to talk about how wonderfully complex so so to your point about penny lane i had never heard that described i don't know music theory it's one of those things i wish i knew more about and wish i had spent more time in my younger mm-hmm. days like i wish i hadn't never stopped playing an instrument and just kept carrying that forward through middle school. I regret that. Maybe I'll pick it up and start learning to play something with one of my kids, you know? So maybe that's, that gives me an opportunity to do that. So I find that fascinating about Penny Lane. But going back to Strawberry Fields, it just seems, and, 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 and I've, I've listened to so many different early recordings of it. It's just so layered and there's just so much complexity and just and then there's there's order and then there's chaos. Like the chaos at the end is Ringo just just unbelie- just, just playing these drums that just sound incredible. And I I don't even really know, he just like it's you unleashed a wild animal on the drum set and I've never like some reason in preparing to record this podcast I mean, I know you and I both listen to these songs over and over and over, but it's one of those things. Like, this is one of those songs where I just appreciated Ringo so much more, and I've been giving him this not enough credit. The first couple podcasts of kind of, yeah, Ringo's there, but um, you know, and, and I don't, even, I, I I can't believe I'm focused on Ringo for Strawberry Fields, but um, it, it just makes me appreciate him more. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, let's go for memory's sake because it evokes such a strong memory for me and a connection I had to that song early on. I'll say Strawberry Fields.
0: That's fair. Uh, it's a for great, me being
1: the favorite
0: out of the two. It is a great. It's a great not, song. It changed the game too. I, mean, I know just some of the things they were doing with the production and and the the double tracking and. And the uh, you know the the backmasking type stuff, and just all the stuff they were doing with tape because that's all they had was like physical tape. Obviously, this was not in the digital age and they they were coming up with all these new sounds and, and a lot of it uh, really coalesced in this song. They were already sort of doing it in in revolver, but from here on, it's just sky's the limit and they're just doing. This is why they're so influential. This is why they change music is because of songs like this. This is why we have all these songs that we love so much is because of what they did here.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Most definitely.
0: Yep. So they yeah. So they recorded those uh, at the beginning of the session, rushed them out to single, did really well, and then um, but they didn't make they didn't make the Pepper album, but you know we got. 13 other songs, most of which are really, really great. Uh, I won't say any of them are bad. Um, that's why it's probably my favorite album by them. Uh, I, there are a couple of weaknesses here and there for me, but even those are, uh, it, it would just be me picking on things. I, I mean, I do know Die Hard Beatles fans that there are songs on here that they skip. I don't. I, I, I never skip a song on this album. I don't know about you. I'd there's a couple that almost maybe could but even then i find something really redeeming in it and and you know it was supposed to be a like a concept album this was paul's album right this is paul's coming out party um mm-hmm. you know, he had the concept hey you know we're we'll we'll put the beatles away and we'll take on this other persona and we'll we'll do this whole album around that and they kind of did but it fell apart you know as you read the story and We don't have to get through all that, but kind of fell apart to where it didn't quite work out that way. But still, if you know and love this album, you, and have listened to it enough, it, it all ends up fitting together for you. Maybe it's because we're fans and we make it fit, but to me, it all fits.
1: (laughs) No, I, no, I think you're right. And I mean, they do tie it very well together at the beginning and the end. Um, and then the, and then the middle just takes you to a new place. um, but yeah it would so i'm a reform skipper of tracks on this album i no longer skip tracks on the album i and, used to
0: and we'll talk about the scalp the the we'll we'll talk about the skips <laughs> right. that you would track uh, that you would just go like you know blah don't want to hear it we'll, we'll, we'll go over those and i'll even mention the ones that yeah uh, that's that's how i felt maybe at some point but but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't anymore. And uh, maybe it's just because we don't. We can never have any more new Beatles music. So it's it's hard for me to skip a whole lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's a good point. And you know, we should get into this, but because a lot of critics, a lot of people agree with you, and of the ones we've covered so far. I, I would put, I used to put Revolver above this album, but I swear in, in prepping for this, uh, I've, I've put Sgt. Pepper at least above Revolver. And But a lot of people think this album is overrated. And that's fair. I mean, it's hey, it's music, man. Have an opinion and let's debate the hell out of it because you're right, they're not making any more music. So let's at least have fun with it. Let's let's you know s- civilly debate it. But um, I think if if people did, if if Beatles fans or just casual listeners did what you and I have done to prepare for this, maybe not as, maybe not listening to it as much as we have, but just go through a, you know two, the three good listens, it span them out over a period of time. I think people would be surprised at just how great it is and just how, if you think about the time that it was recorded, um, I just, I mean, I've read lots of stories um, of other bands just pretty much stopping what they were doing. uh, and, And they were in awe of the album when it came out. It's like, okay. I mean, I think I read this about The Who. And The Who were pretty early on in their career when this album came out. If I'm, I mean, maybe they had been out a few years. I can't remember what year the The Who. I want to say '65, maybe when they kind of broke out. It might have been earlier than that. I, I'm. That's a. No, I, I think, don't know that I for think sure. That's,
0: I think that's about right. They were shortly after the Beatles. Yeah, really hit hard.
1: Yeah, but I think even I read about them just being completely in awe and just stopping what they were doing just to take the album in and just let it set in. And then, you know, I'm sure they thought, oh, what are we going to do now? Yeah. So any, any kind of music that makes other artists go, wow, is something to behold and to be appreciated.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Um, so just real fast, uh, of course this was released in 67 i think it was june early june i don't have any notes today yeah. I, okay. i've I have listened to this so much and done so much reading i'm just <laughs> i really just don't want to read anything on my screen while we talk about it it's taken us so long like like we can tell the people real quick i've i've had uh sickness in the family and i've had um Uh, remodels to a kitchen and a bathroom and just just all sorts of work uh you know you name it and we just every week we've tried to do this and something's come up and so we have listened to a lot and and which is good because i'm just i'm going to be totally organic on this one but yeah i do think it was like june 1st or 2nd of 67 i know it was in the summer um you might you might sounds about right yeah you might have you might have notes in front of you uh i've just got the track list so i can keep us going (laughs) that's about it
1: hey man i i think i think that's great and i think we'll be able to recall as much as between the two of us i think uh there's a lot of info that we just know by heart by now so oh yeah man let's roll all right let's just
0: dive right in so obviously it starts with the title track sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band i'll just go ahead and get your first thoughts
1: Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting track to start out with. You you hear crowd noise, the band tuning up and just kind of kind of starts out as a rock song. Um, and sounds, if if you just heard this in 67, yeah, they've rocked before, but it's like, whoa, rocks really fast, really early. Yeah. Let me, let me jump right in.
0: Let me jump right in there. It, it, Yeah. To to me, it is um, this song. Even though it's so short and it's so well known and it's so simple, it was a rock song. You got Screaming Paul. You got it starting out with the boom 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 on the bass. I mean, it starts out really heavy, and then you got the guitar. uh, And I really think that this song, this song itself, influenced so much rock music for the next five years so it's, it's interesting that that's the first thing you mm. said because it's the first thing that I thought. Uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix learned it in three days after it was released and played it uh, in England. Uh, s- supposedly Paul and George were there, and nobody knows if Jimi knew they were there or not. Some people say he did, some people say he didn't. He learned it in three days and immediately covered it <laughs> there in England. And you want to talk about rock, I mean, and of course he loved the Beatles, but yeah, that song yeah. immediately caught him, and he, of course he did his Jimmy thing with it and really turned it into a guitar rocker, but yeah, that's a very good point. It's a rock song. Even with the trumpets, even with the little breakdowns, you know, just Paul's rock and roll voice always does it for me.
1: Yeah, and... No, I think that's a cool story about Jimi Hendrix because I don't know if people, like the average listener, realizes he's British or he, you know, he was in England at the time of the Beatles, so oh, yeah. they were all hanging out together. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great way. I mean, so yeah, it, it's it starts off the supposed concept album very well. You know, it's already captured. It, it, I always think this song just it just captures your attention right away because it's so unique it's it's got it's got audience laughter in the song yeah you you don't even know what the hell it is it's like where's this laughter coming from is I this mean, a tv show what is this
0: yeah we didn't talk about it but it, it to me it captures the cover of the record which is obviously an iconic cover we yeah yeah it really it this song feels like that cover and, gosh, the, you know, all the faces that are on that cover, guys, go look it up. I mean, Bob Dylan, and there's just so many, Marilyn Monroe, there's so many faces in there, a lot of British stars and things like that. Uh, just how many times has somebody parodied or tributed or done something like that mm-hmm. cover? And, and this song sounds like the cover.
1: Yeah, it's like all the people are just milling around, waiting for the show to start talking about the Beatles, like they were invited there it's like well where's the band oh well, well let's get a picture first okay yeah, right. when's the band gonna play
2: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it, you know and again just you know the cover's got the old Beatles in the suits and then it's got sergeant paper's only hearts club band in their you know military band garb such a cool such a such a cool cover um and and again it's just a great way to start this album out uh you know it's everybody knows this song or they should i mean it's it's the title song to this this you know heavily debated greatest ever type album um and it's you know it rocks it does like i said even with even with the 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 horns and stuff it's still like a rock song and it's obviously got paul's fingerprints all over it um Oh yeah, and then uh, we get introduced during the song to the one and only Billy Shears, which ties back into <laughs> Paul is dead, right? That's that's who Paul that, is dead. That's, hey. yeah, Billy Shears was the new Paul, right, in the story.
1: Well, okay, so I thought the story was uh, instead of a guy, you know, Billy Shears is a guy that Paul makes up in the song and then you know it it introduced you to the next song right Ringo singing but the Paul is dead conspirators would say that the the guy that replaced Paul his first name was Billy and really what they were trying to say was Billy's here right not Billy Shears right I, I believe me when you I when you were talking about the Paul is dead I had this incredible amount of guilt that I had spent so much time. Like when I was younger, um, I don't know if I talked about this. I'll have to, I'm going to have to go on this tangent now cause you brought it up. All right. You got me going down this road, Rich. Let's do but,
2: it.
1: But, um, <laughs> when, gosh, when I was 20, I was working at SPS and, um, I, I got into a a lawnmower accident. I'm not gonna. I, I almost lost a toe. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't want to get. I yeah, don't want to get right. graphic in this podcast. Yeah, man. that's
0: right. Before I met you and hired you, you were still suffering. That's exactly you right. You were still suffering from that injury <laughs> when I met you.
1: <laughs> As I hobbled into the interview. Yes. So yeah, that's right before you met me. So I am while I'm out of work. On short-term disability, I'm laying in bed every day, you know, taking, taking pain medicine, watching the Beatles anthology over and over and over every day. That's what I did, man. <laughs> and because, I mean, you know, I'm kind of sad that I'm restricted to the bed all day. Um, you know, honestly, I hated that job so much. Um, I really didn't miss the job all that much, but but, you know... Um, but I would get up there in the day and I'd be watching that. And then I just remember just hearing about the Paula's dead thing and just really delving deep into it. And I'm like, there's no way
2: look at all these clues.
1: That's why I asked you earlier. It's like, do you really think they planned all this? I mean, obviously I think John made an, a reference to it with i am the walrus i do think he was trying to poke fun at people then oh yeah uh and also the glass onion on
0: the white album yeah yeah
1: yeah um but um yeah so yeah the billy's billy shears people are like oh no it's billy's here uh he's here to replace paul (laughs) and and so goes the and the covers laughable it's a funeral
0: It's a funeral, Paul's. Yeah. Okay, okay. Paul's so buried, much buried you buried have down there under all that, right? Uh, uh, under the the flowers.
1: Even in the year even rich even in the year 2000 of mostly dial-up internet and the wee baby infant stage days infant stage days of cable modem internet. There was so much content just <laughs> about the damn album cover. Oh, yeah. In the Paula's death
2: thing. Oh, yeah. So the so guitar on the
1: album cover. I know, the, the, the guitar on the album cover, it's not a guitar. It says Paul question mark.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so um, ridiculous. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh,
1: God, I have gotten lost in that place. Can,
0: they can be fun. They can be fun.
1: Wasn't the '60s all about some conspiracy
0: theories? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is. <laughs> oh yeah, the '60s were the birth of all that, and this was just this was just one for the music fans. Ah. They just couldn't get enough, man. Anyway, we we don't believe Paul's dead. Good times. We, we think that old dude that's still no. out there doing concerts is the real Paul. It's not old. Seventy-seven, or...
1: man. He's still at it.
0: I know. Yeah, we're gonna lose him soon. God, I don't want to think about that.
1: Let's not think about that. Yeah, just, just stop.
0: So, so we go <laughs> we go from this 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 really cool opening um, song, great great album opener. Looks and feels like the the record cover, and then we go into what may be the earliest uh, on a record Ringo song. Right, get by with a little help from my friends.
1: Yeah, because usually they they bury it in the middle. Yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Ringo is R- Ringo is the halftime show. Yeah, Beagle <laughs> yeah. album typically, is, but, <laughs> but here,
0: man, he gets second billing. And you know, I for for a long time, long time, I you know, I kind of ignored this song. I didn't really. Oh no, didn't really like it. Uh, it was kind of corny. I was like, oh, uh, you know, Joe Cocker, but did it better at Woodstock and blah blah blah. And while that may be true. Mm-hmm. As I'm older mm. now, I appreciate this song more than I ever, ever have. And especially these, mm. this, this last month, getting ready for this. I, yeah, it's it's just a nice little song. And you could not have come up with a better song for Ringo Starr. Could you?
1: No, you couldn't have. No, it's impossible. This is the perfect Ringo Starr song. It's his best. Um, hands down. I can't even... I, don't, I could even there's no other argument and I know even uh, a lot of hot
0: diehard Beatles fans will tell us oh no it's terrible Ugh, skip it they're so much better no I, it's a good song it, it, don't it, you dare skip this song oh yeah well and you know just it, it is simple and he's not the greatest singer and but you know this it's just one of those songs that, it makes me feel good because it's true. You know, maybe it's a little corny and maybe it's, you know, it's a little, uh, I don't know, soft, if you will. I don't, you know, a lot of people just like, oh, you know, it's just, it's it's lightweight. No, not really.
1: It's true is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care no. what other people think about it. If they think it's soft, I mean, you're not listening to Beatles for some really hardcore, um, hit you in the face lyrics. Um, Yeah, at least not at this point, for
0: sure. Yeah, I mean this this yeah that's not what they were doing. They were entertaining, and they were and just because something simple does not mean it's it's not good, or it's not important, or it doesn't matter, or it's not true. Because um, we can all look back and go, yeah, I got I got through a lot of stuff with my friends, and then just the, the the second part of it is. Ringo, even getting out front on a song, he needs these three friends to make that happen for him in a way that is not a train wreck, right? Because he's not the writer, he's not the singer. You know, he plays the drums, and, you know, they put this song together for him, and it's a great song.
1: Yeah, it is. You know and and i think there's a lot of moments on the album i don't think this song in particular besides i mean ringo's lyric lyric uh you know ringo's vocals are perfect for this song but i think there's other moments on the album where ringo is really stakes his claim as hey i belong in this band and yes. um but i think this i mean this song helps prove that yeah and, and and this is somebody. This is me talking. Where I haven't, I just haven't given Ringo his due. But I'm telling you, I'm I'm definitely on my way to changing my tune on that. Uh, just listening to this playing, just listen, just digesting these songs, and taking and just really appreciating this song, for what it is. It's just, it's well timed. It just fits in really nicely after Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Hearts Club band has started out. And the message is simple, but it's well-received, and it, it just fits perfectly.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then, then we and go... And it had an amazing cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you cannot deny Joe Cocker and his rendition of this song. I mean, God just amazing really just absolutely amazing
1: oh yeah so if it it produces if somebody thinks enough of it to really pour that much energy into um, joe cocker poured that much energy into you know just going to get his mail probably but um (laughs) but i mean you know we ought to to at least say okay He's opening the mailbox,
0: making all those faces, pulling the mail out and doing all the stuff with his hands <laughs> and his arms. i got to get this mail.
1: <laughs> that's the first thing it came to mind. But you, really, you could have literally said any kind of mundane task and just picture Joe Cocker doing it and it make you laugh. Yeah, I like it. I like that. I like the mail.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that's so good. And the Beatles ended up at Woodstock because of it, right? They weren't there, but... He, he did their song, so. They were well represented, well yeah. represented, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, then we go from that song to this just iconic John song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, right? Yes. And, of course, LSD, right? Oh, it's, a, it's about drugs, and it sure sounds like it. And then there's the story, I think, about Julian had drawn something, and oh what's that julian and you know it's oh it's my friend lucy and she flies and, and i don't believe any of that this is totally about drugs
2: it's got. It's, it's
0: it is totally totally without a doubt about drugs P- picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies Somebody calls you. Amanda. You answer quite slowly. A girl with kaleidoscope eyes. I mean, come on, drugs.
1: <laughs> now all I can think about is one of those gifts Ernie sent us earlier from Walcard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I was gonna come. I was gonna come on the direction of. It really was about you know uh, Julian's picture. But uh, okay, whatever. You're probably right.
0: That's fine. I mean, um, I, I've never seen cellophane flowers of yellow and green towering over anybody's head.
2: I guess but I'm, I think I'm John did not, I'm while just he was on Smoking LS2. these drugs correctly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay. So, um, yeah. Okay, it's it's a drug song. Come on, clean. Rocking, ho- rocking horse people
0: eat marshmallow pies.
1: Okay, that's. <laughs> That's messed up, Rich. I don't know. That was some good <laughs> shit they were on. It was. <laughs> it
0: I think so. <laughs> it's a gr- it's a really Boy, it's, fun. it's a really fantastic
1: song okay, though. It, it's fantastic. It's fun. But okay, so I love it. Um, it takes it to another level for me since I'm a dad now, and I made it my damn mission to um just. I wanted the Beatles music to be in my kids' lives. It's like, um, it's just, it's a, I cherish it so much. And, you know, one of the things I appreciate about my dad, especially, is just the music that, and he really didn't, was it purposeful with sharing it with me? It just, he just kind of left it around and I just kind of took it in, you know? Well, here I get to have the opportunity, and I know you've done this too with your kids, is to be purposeful with sharing the music that means so much to me. Right. So my kids love this song. Uh, My daughter will ask for it upon request. Uh, I think my son's favorite song is Eight Days a Week, but um, this is definitely... Between this and Penny Lane, I think it's those are my daughter's favorite songs. This is a good and sing-along. That means, it's uh, a
0: good sing-along for kids, this one is.
1: Yeah, I mean, the lyrics don't mean anything. I mean, I mean you they, know, they, they
0: can be they drug-induced, but they can also be like some fun little kid's book. They, they kind of look and sound like a kid's book,
2: right?
1: Exactly, exactly. But it's, it's always going to mean something special to me, and I mean, it's going to take me to a place where... I'm, I'm driving the kids and dropping them off at daycare or picking them up for daycare. We're just riding around the car, going to the grocery store, listening to the Beatles. And this song, I'm going to think about this song because of, uh, especially with my daughter, how much she she loves the song. Um, and definitely, um, it's just the sound of the, just the sound of, evo- like when you just, You just absorb the sound, the music. It's it's just eerie. I don't know if eerie is the right word. Maybe it is
0: a little bit. Yeah, it's
1: it's just it's, it's almost magical. It's just that you you know before John even sings the first lyric, you're being taken somewhere very different. Yeah, it's got You've that never heard anything like this from the Beatles from before and here you go, I'm taking it to a new place.
0: Yeah, it's got that organ in it that kind of sounds like a flute or something. That that's that eerie thing underneath that I think you're maybe talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um Yeah. and it's very um I, I don't know, it's it, it's very carnivaly and we'll talk about that later in another song, but right. it's also got that kind of your but maybe you're at like a you You're not in the main carnival, you're like off the midway and you're of of a circus or a carnival, and it's like over where the the freak show is or something it's like got that feel to it and it and it's but then it breaks into that big chorus that everybody can sing along to at the top of their lungs
1: oh yeah, and that's i'm sure always your, funny.
0: I'm sure your kids just i'm sure she just busts out on that right mm-hmm. just she's got to she does that's awesome she's
1: it's great yeah it's great it's a it's a a great moment
0: so yeah so we've 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 done a paul song now um we've done a ringo a a john and now we're right back to paul because you know this is paul's album and the next song is uh getting better um this is a song. This is one of those that a lot of the Die Hard Beatles fans throw away. But I know, right? I mean, go go look. Go go on to any forum or no, don't. Don't go to the forums. You'll just get mad.
1: I just I don't like internet trolls. They just take my life essence away from me.
0: Yeah. I love this song <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you what, I've always loved it, even when it ended up on a commercial. Uh, I like it because it's a With happy Phillips.
1: Yeah, it's a Philips Magnavox commercial or whatever it was.
0: That's right. I, I, that's exactly right. But it's a happy, fun Paul song, and those are my favorites. I love them. Um, but this past month, getting ready for this podcast, and me and you and our friend Ernie, who's been on the podcast, go check out the uh, episode I did with him on Pearl Jam. We've got this ongoing. Wear some flannel while you're we- yes, listening to that. Please do, and 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 hold yourself in the rain. Yeah, and hold yourself, and I tilt, ch- yourself. and tilt your head down, and throw out a lot of hoo, hoo, stuff like that. Yeah, all, all the way through that, all Thank the way you. through that episode. But um, that's great. We've got we've got our ongoing group chat, right? Like almost every day, it's like our own personal little support group, which is awesome, which mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. pretty much saved my life the last six months, probably. And I think about this oh, song man. because. You know, in the lyrics, uh, the, just obviously they're very simple lyrics. It's very you know, but what I lo- what I what I have come to love recently is when you get to the chorus and you've got them all together. You know, it's you've got I've got to admit it's getting better, and then you've got the background vocals vocals with the better, better you know, and then yeah. a little better all the time, and then there's the it can't get no worse. That's kind of where me and you and Ernie have been for, for you know, for a little while, right? Right. So now, like this song, this song has all this much more new meaning to me because that's like kind of how, this is how we commiserate is the chorus of this song. Well, except for the part about you've been mine, but we could just say since you've been my friend or what I don't know, whatever right 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 and you're not mine no it's funny you don't belong to me uh, i don't belong to you i'm my own man damn it but no <laughs> for real though i so. No, every time i hear this song now i think about you know me and you and ernie and talking in our chat and we're we're we're, we're doing our woe is me's and then we we always pivot oh i'm gonna use one of those corporate words but we always turn it, and, and 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 but we never turn it. We don't turn it all the way around. We we turn it as far as it can't get no worse, and then we stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's about. I mean, we'll get further one day, but right now we're we're at the it can't get no worse stage. <laughs> oh man,
1: it is, and 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 just for all the listeners out there, um, get some friends and just just have it an open text. This is one of the greatest things we've done ever is just have an ongoing text thread with two or three friends and just just commiserate with each other oh, and yeah. be there for one another, support each other, and lift each other up. Oh, yeah. Crack jokes.
0: Um, and, like, if you see something stupid, send it. If you, you know, you want somebody to listen to a song. It's It is. I would i know a lot of people don't like group chats i don't either but what you do is you just get a couple of people that are the right two people and it's never annoying so agreed. (laughs) if there's nothing else uh, if there's nothing else better to say about this song in 2020 um yeah do that grab some friends get to the point where things suck but at least they can't get any worse
1: But isn't that kind of, that's cool, man. I appreciate you saying that. And it's awesome that we were able to tie that into this song. The funny thing, I mean, that is the cool thing about the chorus, though, is that, you know, Paul is the eternal optimist. And and that's what I try to be. Yeah. But, you know, but but John, as this comes in the background, I can't get any worse, Paul right and you know it's like it's, it's you like, just but, just take your positivity
0: yeah but you know what the story on that is is when you know Paul's trying to come up with this and he's talking about uh, better I, John actually makes the the statement to him as they're as he's writing this song it can't get no worse you know and Paul's like yes i love that you know <laughs>
1: No, it's cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's another story. I mean that's just that's back to them just it's magic when they set down the right songs. They would just throw these random phrases out at each other. Oh yeah. And it just it just it matched so perfectly. So, yeah, I know exactly the story you're talking about. Yeah.
0: But um... So,
1: no, it's this is I've always loved this song. It's never a song I skipped. I was mad when it got used for a commercial for some reason. I don't know why I get mad when, like, uh, it's like uh, the first thing I, I think is sell out. But, but then, you know, in the end, just more more of the Beatles music gets shared. And this is a song that people are like, that's the Beatles? Yeah, I've heard that song. I didn't know it was the Beatles. Yeah. So I don't know why I should complain about that. They're They're getting paid. Just whatever. Just let me enjoy the music. Just whatever. Sell it to laundry detergent, a <laughs> Cheetos commercial. Who cares? It's getting better all the time. Damn it! <laughs> Can't get no worse.
2: <laughs> Can't right. get no worse.
0: You wanna uh, you wanna introduce track five for us? Oh man,
1: this is also a song I would never skip. Fixing a hole. Love it. Uh, another Paul song. Um, so this. Apparently, people thought uh, Paul had like bought a, um, I think maybe during this time after touring, before they started recording this album, Paul may have bought uh, a farm up in Scotland. Molo
0: Kintyre, um, right? Isn't that where
1: that is? That yeah, that is? yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he wrote a song about it. Sure did. Um, and... Some people think, well, he's just talking about, you know, Paul would like to be handy around his farm. This song is just about him fixing a hole on his roof. Well, I don't really believe that. Um, I think this is,
0: I think it's about pot, actually. Um, uh, there's there's that. Those are two. You've named two. Another one was that Paul supposedly wrote it. something about the fans that would hang around outside of his house. I mean, I don't know how that, I don't know how the two things go together, but yeah, I think a lot of people settle on pot.
1: But, um, I, I mean, I don't really care because it's a wonderful song. And and one of the song, one of the things about the song that I love is the, just the guitar riff, the guitar. It's like, it, it comes out of yeah. this channel that wasn't like, it's like the 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 channel or the the track that the guitar was recorded on comes out of nowhere on the song it's like it doesn't fit with anything else because you've got this old timey sound at the beginning of the song oh yeah you know Paul's singing with minimal drums and then this just awesome guitar lick comes in yeah this is the harpsichord
0: song right Paul's playing harpsichord on this one
1: yes that's the that's the instrument it's very baroque they played everything
0: it's very baroque yeah, it's, it's old old it's it's old timey sounding like a lot of a lot of paul stuff is but it's so good
1: so that's that's a one that I mean, that's, a, that's a singular theme throughout almost every track on the album uh most every track is there's some sort of old-timey sound to it Somebody use some sort of instrument that seemed very antiquated right or why would you use it on a rock album but it fits Magically on Perfectly.
0: this album. See, I, I I I don't care what the song's about. Um, artists write these songs for people to figure out for themselves most times. And it, this song for me is really, I use it as um, for my depression and anxiety. Just the, the the words speak to me, and I'm just go off the top of my head because I don't have anything in front of me. But you know, let's start. Fixing a hole where the rain gets in and stops my mind from wondering where it will go. And then like the next verse, fill in the cracks that ran through the door and kept my mind from wondering. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it goes to the, it really doesn't matter if I'm wrong or right. Where I belong, I'm right where I belong. See the people standing who disagree and never win, blah, blah. And then it goes to the third verse, I'm painting the room in a colorful way and when my mind is wandering there I will go. He's not asking anymore. He's saying I'm going to do he this. He figured it out. I'm going to do this and that's where I'm going to go. But yeah, for me it's very it's a very soothing song for I mean, I can see my own mental health in it in so many ways. And that's what no, I, I, that's what I love yeah. about it cuz we're always fixing a hole. Every one of us, we're constantly fixing a hole in our in ourselves. And you know, and I I have
1: this now, I was going to say, I have the same sort of takeaway on that is I, I see that as just kind of a mental refresh. It's a time, you know, whether you you know meditate or do mindfulness or something like that, um, you know, what he's talking about is just taking time for yourself, take time away, figure it out, repair that yeah. so you can have, you know, get, get your mind right. Yeah good
0: song and the um the chord progression in this is very similar to another song that pops up in the future by Paul um Mom Michelle if you think about it there's there are some big similarities there we'll get to that one mm-hmm. but um and it, it's it's got that same kind of feel and, and 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 it's it's a little different but but there are some similarities there that I always kind of pick up on um it, this song does make me think of the next that that the next song like that's like it. So anyway, it's 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 just it's a great great song. Um, like I said, it 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 soothes me in that it 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 shows me where I am and where I can be. I know he didn't write it for that. Doesn't matter.
1: No, it doesn't matter. It's just her personal connection to the song that matters. So. Yeah.
0: So that's uh, that's track five. Now we're up to track six. She's leaving home. Uh, so this
1: used to be one of those songs I would skip, Rich. Oh, really? And I'm ashamed to say it. yes, I'm ashamed to say that.
0: So this song is another. But I'm <laughs> Yeah. So this song is in its. Uh, but before I talk about what it what I think about it really or what what it does for me, you know, this is this is uh, he he wrote it. Singing in the newspaper about a, a girl who ran away from home and if you think about like penny lane and strawberry fields forever and then this song and maybe another one or two on the album they they were pulling just from life around them and this is another one of those and yes it's about a girl who's running away from home but i it i think we talked about this in our chat when i hear it even though i know that's what it's about it still just kind of guts me because i've got two daughters who have both not run away but grown up and left home and there are just like points in the song that just really just really poignant to me um, mm-hmm. I, you know just because when they do leave even if they don't run away and they have just grown up you you, you'll get this when your kids are older you almost wonder do they appreciate everything that you did you know do they do they realize everything you sacrificed and you know everything you gave and um thankfully for me I I, I know that they do but you still wonder yeah I mean it's just it's only human to, to wonder A did I do enough and B am I appreciated you know there's that struggle always of, uh, I'm not good enough, or, or damn it, give me some appreciation. You know, you're always somewhere between those two. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's such a pretty song, right? And, and while you could call it a throwaway because he wrote it after reading a news article, um, you know, who cares? It's beautiful.
1: No, it is. Um, and it's kind of, uh, it's really, it's really cool. In the chorus, you know, Paul still, uh, you know, he's, he's singing the song, he's still telling the story. And then John comes in with the backup vocal, perfect. like the voice of the parents.
0: Perfect. And it's so perfect.
1: Yeah. And again, it's a perfect compliment. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say this song is beautiful. It's... It, it takes me... I just I, it, It's a song I'm in awe of because of the arrangement, which sadly, um, Paul was in such a hurry with this song. I think maybe this... Like, he came up with the tune and it was one of those aha moments and he had to record it right then and there. And, it, and apparently... George Martin was not available to rent to, you know, to to put together an arrangement for it. So Paul went to somebody else, um, who I, I guess was an accomplished arranger, uh, composer at the time. I don't remember his name. And I think George has always been put off by that. Um, which is kind of just, you know, interesting backstory of that. Um, but, um, now I will never skip this song again, and uh, I, I don't know why I skipped it earlier. Again, you know, just I was telling you the other day, um, just I, just to, I had to keep listening to things to prep for this podcast, and it struck me as like I'm going to go back and listen to Anthology Two volume two because i haven't listened to that in years and i'm pretty sure the last time i listened to it i didn't really appreciate it and i didn't um and it really didn't have anything to do with uh i I don't even know if they had she's leaving home on there they might have but um the deluxe version of this album has an earlier cut of this song which is still beautiful but i mean it's just like you may not appreciate a song like this the first time you hear it. You may not appreciate it the second time you hear it. But the third and fourth listen, if you're not captivated by just how beautiful it is and how well written it is, by that point, I, I don't know if you can be helped. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and it's such a great vocal by Paul, and the melody is so pretty. You know, it's just. I know, I know that John wrote. At least helped, write Those, you know, the parts that he's singing in the chorus. But I mean, it—it's—it's just—it's absolute Paul McCartney when you hear that vocal. It's just, you know, this is him singing like an angel because he could—he could rock it out or he could sing beautifully like this. Just absolutely. Yeah, it's just—it's a pretty amazing song. All right, so I think on. On the album, like on 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 the vinyl record, we're on, yeah, we're at track seven, which would be the last on side one, which is being for the benefit of Mister Kite. What do you think about this song?
1: Uh so yeah, this is a fun song. I oh man, I used to skip a lot of these songs. <laughs> I used to skip this one.
0: That's understandable. Um, this, I, this is one that I didn't appreciate early on at all. I do but, now, but I did.
1: Yeah, I do too. So I, I was trying to think of why why I did that. Um, I used to be so. Um, I used to be so bad about when I listen to something. You know, the first, like if I was getting into a classic, uh, for classic rock wise, if I was getting to a band that had been known, but I hadn't really. Got into music, obviously, from what I've talked about before. I get into greatest hits, and then if you get to the album, and if the the song is not a greatest hits, I I swear I have a mental block of really wanting to accept the song as something of of value, and I really wish I could unlearn that. And the only way you can unlearn it is just to keep listening to albums and and just like throw away the remote, like listen to a CD. Or, or a record. Uh, with a record, you have to listen to through. So that's why re- listening to records is, is awesome, because it forces you to appreciate the album. But even if you listen to a CD, or even you know play the album on, on iTunes, just, just, just put down your phone or put down the remote. Don't be tempted to skip. That way you actually try to, to digest the album as a whole. And this is one of those songs that you better not skip, because it's just... We're just going to catch you like a circus has just arrived on the album, and uh, all these wild sounds have appeared. And they, uh, what the hell is this song? And this is great. And
0: you literally feel like you've been dropped into the middle of a circus.
1: Absolutely, and it's 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 awesome. And again, it's another another, another
0: cool. Yeah, another song that they he he had a poster and. You know, for this circus, for the benefit of Mr. Kite, all the lyrics come from the poster, and it was just something sitting around. I think he even says, oh, it was just a throwaway. You know, I had this, and I just wrote the lyrics from the poster. But, no, it's cool. It's just, um, it's like you say, all of this, all the sounds and all the, um, just every little thing that's going on, you you know, it it puts you in that place. You're there. You're there with the Henderson yeah. and and, and the whole, you know, the whole gang, and, like, you can almost see the circus. It's so cool.
1: Yeah, and, and, and uh, the the part that, once I was reading about just them recording it, I mean, they've got, when they recorded at EMI, you know, George Martin was mostly famous for recording, um, uh, like, he He recorded comedy records, and he recorded just the sound effects records, right
2: yeah, so they
1: had they had this immense library of sound effects, and I used a bunch of them on this one of the things I read about I just thought was really fascinating was at the end of the song, toward the end of the song, you just hear this carnival chatter, right mm-hmm. It sounds like people milling around. Uh, popcorn popping or something like just, I don't know. You just, you just, it just sounds like if you heard it and you blocked out everything else, you, you would just close your eyes. You could really picture yourself in a carnival. And I think that's really incredible to be able to do that. I mean, who, it's really hard to do. I think but yeah. they, they do it perfectly on this song.
0: Yeah, and it's it's cool that they end, end that side that way because the side starts that way too with, you know, voices and people and chatter and, and whatnot. It, it, it mm. sort, of, sort of pulls the side together, you know, e- even though most of the concept of the album got left behind, you can see the little pieces and parts here and there, which is really neat. And, um, yeah, this is just another one of those songs. That it's like uh, Lucy and Scout Diamonds where you've got that, I think they call it a Lowry organ maybe, and it's almost like a like a carnival or a circus organ, and it's got that weird sort of creepy sound, um, you know. Makes you think of like clowns or something, which I don't like clowns. They freak me out. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it, it's <laughs> definitely got that that feel, and um, that's why you know. Do I is this a go to song? No, it's not like a go to song no. for me. It's not gonna it's not gonna make my list. You know of of top twenty Beatles songs, or, or, or you know whatever number you want to put. I'm just pulling that out of the air, but it's still, you know, it's still, um, it's forward thinking, forward moving. You got all the sounds; you, they're using tape loops and and just all this stuff that nobody's done before. You know, it's and it's stuff that's going to get used for years to come. You know. Uh, for for other people's albums and they're going to build on just the technology that's being built up around this album you know it's that's one of the amazing things and we that's that's probably a discussion for another day but this is just more of that it's it's them saying you know what yeah we're not going to tour anymore so since we're not going to tour anymore we're going to do all these songs and do them in a way that nobody's ever done them before and you know we're gonna layer upon layer upon layer and if we can't get the sound we want then damn it we're we're gonna invent it and they did and you know but yeah that's that's kind of where this song fits in it's 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 got a it's got a lot of cool stuff going on and they could do it because they're never going to have to take this album on the road they can do whatever they want
1: <laughs> so, yeah no it, it it's very unique
0: so that ends the, the first side. So when we go to the, the second side, we finally get to George's song. And I say George's because he only gets one on this album.
1: Only one.
0: And um, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to let you talk about the song for a little bit. But I joked around with you um, in text and said I had a really good uh, a really good line for one of the songs on this album, and it's this one. And the song is Within You, Without You, (laughs) by the way, folks. Um, The line is, has any George Harrison song ever georged more than this song? (laughs) I'm sorry. No, the answer is no. (laughs) I mean, he is full on George on this one. I mean, this is... There is no way you'd ever, ever hear this song and not know who it was. Yeah. Do you like this song? But this is probably my least favorite I song do. on the
1: album. Okay, I and I understand that. And I understand that, and these this used to also be a song I would skip. Um, but and and, and I'm not, you know. I'm not like a connoisseur of world music. I do appreciate, like, um, you know, when, when music from this part of the world, India, Northern Africa, uh, you know, other, other places uh, in the world, when they, when they seep into rock music... And and some of the songs I'm thinking about would be Baba O'Reilly by The Who and Kashmir by Led Zeppelin. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, when when they're influenced by sounds of these regions that are not known for popular music, I always find it very interesting. Um, But here, in this song, it is full-blown India. Indian music and um, and yeah, so when you first hear it, if you're not accustomed to hearing these instruments, you're probably going to be put off by it because it I don't know, it, it, they're very. It, there's some very strange sounds comes out of these instruments. Oh yeah. Uh, if, if you're just listening to it for the first time, but again, it, it, this is this is something that digest it. You're going to have to listen to it multiple times and be able just to digest it. But once you get to that point, for me anyway, it's a song I can't miss. Agree Because it's... You know, George was very spiritual. Um, and I think this song is very spiritual. And it's... And... Um, I mean, I, and I think a lot of people, you know, I think uh, I, I, you know, at, at different points, you know, I find some time to meditate and, and sometimes I just, I, I do that to music. I actually found a station on Sirius XM um, that's just Indian music. And I tried it one time and I'm like, oh, this is really good. And I'm like, why is that? Well the reason for it is because it's kind of monotone and that's this drony sound right. um, that kind of just just helps calm you, just kind of steadies you. And the song has that throughout the whole time. But then in but at the same time, there's some incredible playing going on by George, by uh, all these Indian musicians he brought in. Um, and I think it—it it, it, no other is playing on it it's just, except George. I think it was George. I don't even think Ringo was playing on it. I think it's George and these other uh, Indian musicians. Um, you know, the the lyrics are kind of—they're very George. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean <laughs> it's super deep. Nobody, it's super deep.
1: It's deep and it's sarcastic and. Yeah. It's so George. You, yeah, you can't out George this song. At George's um, hard but he George's yeah. my face off with this uh, one. <laughs>
2: I have no face.
1: Yeah. george it. Um No, but I mean, I, I, <laughs> I just I've grown to love it. I have too. Um, I think the
0: one thing about it that it, it's the it's it's definitely just doesn't fit on this album at all. And and again that's very George. You know, he probably came in and said this is the song. This is the one that I'm doing. This is it. And everybody's probably like, "Oh yeah, okay. George, you you can do that one because it to me it does it 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 breaks up the flow, but at least at least it starts the second side, so it's not like you're going into it directly from another song. Unless you're doing it on CD, but I always think of these things as as vinyl records. So that's a good. It's a good yeah. song, and, and I do like I do like the message, and I love the sarcasm. That's the thing that I love the most about George. I think is the, the sarcasm because I can be sarcastic with the best of them. Um,
1: so to that point, to that point, the last verse. I, I want to read it because it's a mixture of that deep, meaningful lyric with the sarcasm. We were talking about the love that's gone so cold, and the people who gain the world and lose their soul. They don't know. They can't see. Are you one of them? When you've seen beyond yourself that you may find peace of mind is waiting there. And the time will come when you see we're all one and life flows on within you and without you. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really cool lyric.
0: It is. And that's kind of the crux of the song, right? It's like the, the, the tension of something being within you and something having nothing to do with you. I li- I like that idea. That's pretty neat. I'm glad you read that. I, yeah. I don't know the lyrics on this one off the top of my head, like pretty much every other song on this album. I can recite <laughs> off the top of my head, but this one not not so much. I it, it's a it's it's a different thing when you read lyrics too, especially some like this. Uh, that is that's a that's a pretty cool idea. I like it.
2: Mhm
0: so so from that from from the deep sarcastic george um talking about the world being one and 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 all that kind of stuff we go to this silly little ditty by paul when i'm 64. did you did you just skip this one
1: no oh, yeah i did i'm so ashamed i, I love this album i, I promise you people i love this album now but i, will, I, was just I will
0: say early on you know and just full disclosure i did not like this song for years as a beatles fan because it was corny it was that granny music that john always uh you know kind of I made fun uh, of paul for cut it. down paul for yeah but you know what <laughs> he wrote it when he was 15 basically before the beatles and I think the poor guy tried to get it on records from the time he was in until he finally got it on this one. Um, and I think it went through many revisions. I think I, I, think there might be a couple of early versions of it out there somewhere. You probably know that better than me since you've been out there listening to, to alternate stuff. But, um, yep, yeah, it's corny. It's um, old-fashioned sounding, even for the day. Paul was good about that. He, he didn't care um but it's the kind of song that it it sticks around. I mean, people still know this song. I'd say I'd say in the last 20 years, he's brought this song out many times on tour. Guarantee it. Um I don't know it for a fact, but I bet if we went back and looked at set lists, he has probably done a little interlude somewhere where he's done this song. Even, you know, even since the year 2000. Um I don't know. It's fun. It's paul it's you know positive it's optimistic it's goofy you know and if you're a paul fan you have to like goofy because he can be very goofy right
1: yeah it, it's what you you just accepted about paul and uh that's fine because it's all it's all awesome it's all paul and yeah this is yeah, it, so and and so the recent, you know, over the years, this this you know, was a song I might skip over, but now if I skipped over it, my kids would object because <laughs> yeah, they love this song. I
0: bet. Uh, this was on Yellow Submarine too, right? Which is basically a kids' album. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was that- on Yellow Submarine. Speaking of which I need to get it's a remastered movie. copy of that, but yeah, it's in the movie. It's on. The, it's it's in the movie. It's, I don't think it's on the record. Right. Oh, we should do an if episode you buy of that the. Uh,
1: yeah, if you buy the, uh, and I bought this when it came out, the Yellow Submarine soundtrack. It had remastered copies of all the songs in the movie. So it had it had like the first side of the Yellow Submarine album sprinkled throughout the album. But then it had, you know, Nowhere Man, When I'm 64, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It had all the songs you would hear in the movie, but they'd be remastered.
2: That's pretty cool. So that's
1: how my kids, that was my my kids' first introduction to the Beatles. Actually, was that record.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: And then, then the Beatles won, you know, which you know might be permanently jammed in the CD player in one of our cars.
0: But that's great, though. the 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 stories about these songs with your kids that maybe they weren't that big a deal to you twenty years ago, but now you're like, you love them because they love them. I, I just think that's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't know why Joey does this. This is a silly story, but. Uh, he will say, like he is, he'll be singing. He'll he'll say this phrase. He'll say, shaking my booty, shaking my booty. When I'm 64,
2: I'm like, that's not part of. The, where did you even get that? That's but hey, me, I'm
1: never going to forget that. That's going to be something that burns in. It's burned in my memory, and I'm, and I'll and I'll ask him about it when he's older, and he's just going to look at me like I'm a crazy old man. So. <laughs>
0: i love it oh i'm gonna i'll never be able to hear that song the same way again now <laughs> i'll be shaking my I well
1: i didn't really ruin it
0: no that's, <laughs> just... that's great i love it kids kids man they, they come up with some some pretty hilarious stuff and they don't even know every single day all right so next song is track 10 um I'm actually kind of curious about what you think about lovely Rita Mita maid. Uh,
1: I really love this song.
0: Um, I thought I had a feeling uh, this was going to be one that you were, you're going to be like, I like it. I do
1: too. Me. It's Paul. And it, so, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be, we got, we're an old softies for Paul songs, but, yeah. um,
0: Again, another I think it's so clever. It's another song um, before you, yeah, just uh, yet another song, uh, observational type song, right? Just um, what's going on around them, which I think is cool. They can make such good songs out of just what they see and hear. All right, sorry, go. Well,
1: yeah, and and yeah, no, no, that's a good point. And and it's so funny that they can make so uh, compelling songs out of just observing writing about ordinary life i feel like if you think about it there's been a lot of artists that just that's the bread and butter uh just talking about the everyday issues everyday i mean that that bob dylan comes to mind just with that thought he's just he's just writing about stuff just everyday struggles everyday life so this is kind of this is just this is kind of different though. This is kind of like, well, I'm not really involved with this person. I see this person. What if I had a relationship with this person? What, what would I, that be like? What if I took her home and I nearly made it? <laughs>
0: Love that line. <laughs> but Love
1: instead, it. I'm stuck between her two sisters on the couch. Correct. That sounds <laughs> like a the, you know, the story that most of us would tell that we tried to go make it with a meter maid. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So yeah. I love how real it is. Paul gets real. It's real and it's clever. It's,
0: I, it's a very clever song. And I will always, always go for clever.
1: I think that's the draw to it, right? That's, that's the draw when you... Uh, it's got a catchy tune. Um, and it's clever. Yeah. And it's it's catchy and, and you you can it's it's something you can it gets stuck in your head and um, it's it's a real gem actually on the album in my opinion. Yeah,
0: it's never going to make you sit and think, but it's going to make you sit and be entertained, and that's enough. Yeah, that's always enough. Yeah, uh, you know, don't be a music snob just because it's not, you know, deep and you're not learning something. Just have fun with it, which is. Obviously, with you know, we we said this is kind of Paul's record. He was just having fun with it, and along the way, man, he wrote some really cool songs. Um, and then as we're moving on, um, we're basically done with Paul now, for the most part. Yeah. Um, for the most part. So, the next song, we're back. We're back with John. Good morning. Good morning this this song used to absolutely get on the nerves um, but now <laughs> all these years later like I love it and especially the part where uh, where the beat changes and he's he's singing faster and it's kind of driving um, it's like, oh yeah you know what I'm talking about it's and you know it's probably playing underneath this right now y'all Um check it out it's 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 pretty cool Um, I guess this the story on this one right is uh, he had to come up with a song and there was like a box of cornflakes on the table and he thought about uh, commercial for it, and it started out with good morning good morning I think and again it was just him um, just sort of daily type life telling a story even you know almost like this last song lovely Rita um, anyway I bet you love this song
1: I do I do um, and yeah yeah you mentioned the part where it speeds up uh, everywhere you, uh, where the people run around it's five o'clock everywhere in town it's getting dark everyone you see is full of life it's time for tea you meet the wife yeah um again, main, this is just like part of the song. He's just talking about, you know, just, just getting up, starting the day, going about your day, getting just 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 singing about the most mundane things. But it's such a catchy, catchy song. Um and I, I don't I think I think John didn't really give himself a lot of credit on this song. I think he kinda downplayed it. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. That John's yeah. Yeah. well known for yeah. that. Very much so. Um, but I love it. I mean, it, it, the the beginning. So there's two things with the sound effects on the, on the song that cracked me up. Uh, just the, the, the beginning, uh, rooster crowing yeah. is perfect for a good morning song. And you know, the the program Breakfast with the Beatles plays that every morning when it comes on at eight yeah uh, I that's right, that's to right. That. yeah i happen to be in the car dropping joey off um you know uh from dropping him off at the babysitter i'm on my way back home so i'm always listening to that in the car so that so that's always you know i love that part and then the second, near the end, you start hearing all these farm animals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's a random. So no. And he, listen, this is what's fascinating to me as I read, and I was like, I can't believe that they thought had put this much thought into it. But John was like, really thought a lot about it, and he's like, okay, we're going to have all these animals running around. We need, we need these sound, but here. Here's the here's what you need though, we need to put them in order of the animals that uh, get capable of eating eating or frightening the one before.
2: <laughs> oh my god! So
1: so it's like it's like it just it's going through the progression of the food chain. <laughs> um, oh, it,
0: wow. go back and listen to it. That's
1: great. And, or it's probably it might be playing now um and it's so funny to think about that but it's just like they this album they they thought they put so much thought and creativity into it and even something as silly as that it's like no i mean i could even picture john just being dead pan serious but laughing a little bit but no this is the way i want it george can we make this happen and, and George makes it happen, um, but yeah, I love the song. It's, it's just uh, great. Great, I mean, it's it's a great John song.
0: Agreed. Um, and then after it, uh, we won't spend a ton of time. I guess I got a couple of comments, but we have the uh, the uh, Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band reprise, where they come back with a short, little um, souped-up dance beat. Over the top of uh, you know, boom, ch- boom, boom, ch- boom, ch- I, I I really love it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you think for just a second here. The way that this one starts out for the first few bars is like a um, non-hard rock proto-heavy metal uh, immigrant song. It's got that. It's got that driving, drone, rock and roll thing, but not so heavy. Think about it. Go back and listen with the beat Mm -hmm. going behind it. And again, even as short as this little thing was, if you listen to this song, there were not, I, I, I don't remember a lot of songs before it that sounded like it, but I can think of a lot of songs after it, not just the Beatles, that sound like this little minute and a half,
1: whatever it is. I've never thought, I've never put that much thought into it. Well, you don't but think too because it's just, a,
0: it. yeah, it's just a reprise, it's just a little, it's just a setup. Uh, it, I imagine there's a good chance it was supposed to end the album, and then track 13 came about, possibly, I don't know, actually, actually I think track 13 was written early. But I, I yeah, this is
1: actually, this this reprise was the last song they recorded for *Charged Up*. And
0: I'm thinking, at some point, they probably thought they were going to end the album with it, but then they thought better, because it it's it, right. it It would fit at the end, right? Because it just kind of ties the whole thing up, and you know, hope you've enjoyed the show, and you know, this is it.
1: Um, but but yeah, we. I would tell you though, I. What I would say is that. This, yeah, this 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 song ties up the album, like you're saying. It, yeah, well, show's over. You know, we're tidying up or we're, you know, we got to get the roadies out here, get the equipment, get out of here. But the, I cannot listen, like, I cannot really fully appreciate the song that comes after it unless I listen to the song first. Yeah. And I love it when the Beatles channel on, on satellite radio does that. Oh, uh, so, yes. they're going to play A Day in the Life, but they don't start with A Day in the Life. They start with this song. And I love that. Yeah. And so,
0: yeah. So that, that that's that last track we're talking about, A Day in the Life. Um, I don't know. I guess we could fight over who, who gets to talk first, but I'm going to. I will I, w- I will bow please to. Please take, take the floor, Rich. Are oh, you going to bow to me? I will let you. Um, since this is. In lots of people's opinions, and and in ours as well, one of the greatest Beatles songs. A lot of people is the best ever, right? That's why it's that's that's why we're you know that's that's the this is this is the uh, coup de gras of of this podcast. This is the we've been building to this moment because this is this is it, right?
1: So take it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Well, that was a good, uh, I don't know. This song, <laughs> it's hard to put words to it, man, of what I always I, I've been thinking a lot about this. This has been rattling around in my head as I thought about this song. Um, and this is a little dramatic, but, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to skip to a part of the song at, at the end, um, that, you know, when they, they have the giant buildup, up of instruments going through their chords from lowest to highest. And then they bring in, I don't know, five, six, seven pianos and all strike the same chord. Right. And that chord is just going on forever. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you were listening to that album for the first time in 1967, the time you stopped listening to that final note, the world changed.
0: I don't think that's dramatic you know. at all I don't think I, 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 I'm with you on that um, I, this is one of those songs that I, rem, I I. vividly remember the first time I heard it um, and the first time you hear it you don't know what is going on um, you, you know you go through the first verse second verse you have, you have the buildup of the uh, the orchestra, then the alarm clock rings, and all of a sudden, Paul's falling out of bed, and it's like a whole other song. Yeah. And then it goes into this dreamy thing with John, and then right back into the original flow, but a little different. And you were talking about Ringo. Ringo on this song, man. I mean killer just absolutely killer but yes if you heard this song for the first time in 1967 you know i heard it for the first time who knows it was late i knew a lot of these songs on this album before i ever heard a day in the life i mean i wasn't you know i wasn't hip to the beatles yet i just knew some beatles songs um I, i mean it changed the way i thought about things when i heard it i was just like holy crap and it's another observa- observational thing where, you know, John is talking about things happening in the news. Like literally, he talks about. I read the news today, and it was it's it's an actual story. Um, just everything that went in into creating this song. Uh, thank you, thank you guys. You know, thank the four of you for putting this this thing together because. Uh, while Penny Lane is my favorite Beatles song, uh, like the one closest to my heart, this is my favorite Beatles composition. It's, it's that. Mm-hmm. It's just that amazing. It, it's, I mean, what do you say? It, just, it, it's, 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 it's like nothing else.
1: Yeah. um no, I, I mean, the uh, the first time I heard it was on, you know, the, the Blue album. And so uh, I, I told you now, I will not listen, you know, I, I love to listen to it at the end of this album. I will listen to it, would be happy to listen to it at any point in time, but it was just something about the way the the end of the song, the Sgt. Pepper's, the reprise, and then... The guitar just comes in, yeah. Um, and it just all of a sudden, I, I, I don't know. It's it, it's 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 really hard to explain what this song, what it means. Like when I first hear those guitar chords, um, I can't explain it. I'm, I'm taking, I'm transported somewhere, and go
0: ahead yeah no we're both grasping and i'm gonna tell you this it's, it's very interesting i've listened to many different beatles podcasts i've listened to many podcasts that did beatles episodes and in a lot of them they've talked about this song and they do the same thing that we do um you just you just kind of get choked for words you you know it's great and but it's hard to um you can't say enough it's uh it's one of those it's it's one of those songs where uh the best thing i can do if anybody's still listening go and listen to this song and then listen to it again and then listen to it about 5 more times and just let it really soak in um and i think you'll see why we love it so much and why it um really changed I'll speak for you you kind of said it already really kind of changed the way we looked we looked at music um, in a big way Um, I guess it was probably the Blue Album when I first heard it I know it was uh, when they first came out on CD um, back in Mm -hmm. late 80s right early 90s somewhere around there I think was when they started releasing stuff on CD and it may have been college before I actually got a hold of it I didn't have a lot of CDs in the '80s, but um, and it yeah it would have had to have been the Blue Album for me because I bought them both because um, I just right. I knew I could get lots of Beatles songs that way. You know, you you, you get a good forty or fifty songs that way out of the catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it, I heard it and I was just I was like, well, first of all, it's not like anything else that that I've heard them do. And while it sounds like the Beatles, it's 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 something else. It's different. Um,
1: that's what I thought too. I, I thought the same thing. I thought this doesn't belong with the other songs on here. It just sounds completely different. Um, and I guess the reason I'm fumbling around from words, I'm just afraid they're not going to do it justice. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm saying. You know?
0: Just folks, go listen to it. Take our you know, take our word for it. It's, it's, if you've never listened to this song, it's, 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 it's a great song. Um,
1: and, and one thing to take to, from it also is I talked about having a new appreciation for Ringo. So, you know, the number one all-time man crush for me, Rich, you know, Phil Collins. Oh, yeah. Even he said, this is what he says about Ringo. He's like, I tried to replicate his drum fills in that song. I, I think they're impossible to replicate. Ringo is playing something unique that can never be replicated. I don't think it's, Ringo it's could. tried. <laughs> no, I mean that's how that's how unbelievable the, the the song is. Just it was just a moment in time. Yeah, that's a just good, like it's frozen. For, I like that. That's a for good that way four to five that. minutes.
0: Yeah, I like that. It, it it that that's exactly right. You nailed it.
2: Nailed it. Nailed it. So
0: cool. Yeah, man. We finally got through Sergeant Pepper on here.
1: It only took us like two months, Rich. I
0: know. <laughs> I, I know. But now that the holidays are over and uh, winter depression will be ending, um, mm. we're going to pick it up. Um, yeah, I... Um, we've talked we've got lots of plans of course we have talked about this on the other beatles podcast that you know we're going to continue on um, i guess we're going to it won't be a super long episode but we'll do a little little episode on magical mystery tour because there are some original songs on there that aren't on other albums um, and then we'll go on to the white album and that'll be a couple of episodes we will be doing um, <coughs> We're gonna go chronological, and we'll do "Let It Be," and then we'll end the, the 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 album by album with Abbey Road, which I feel like is very fitting. You know, that's the last thing they recorded, and so we're gonna go chronological. And then we've got—I'm not even gonna talk about it yet because there might be a couple of people still listening, and I don't want to give it away. But we got a really—Oh yeah, don't do. It. Yeah, we got a really cool idea for after we uh, finish up Abbey Road, but. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we're going to pick this up, y'all, and we're going to uh, move a little quicker and get this uh, these these Beatles albums finished. I don't know, next two three months, so that we can uh, start something new. And I think uh, the new thing's going to be, if nobody else enjoys it, me and you're going to have the time of our life with it. So, it's anyway, be awesome. Nice little teaser. Um, I, I do think people will enjoy it. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: Uh, go listen to Sergeant Pepper. Let's do it once. Let's do it twice. If you just put the last song on repeat for five times and you'll thank us later.
0: Yeah. I think that's, (laughs) I think that's all they need to know at this point. Just, uh, give, give it, give it a listen, uh, and, uh, you know, give it a, 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 a good, a good shot, you know, don't be colored by anything that you've thought about the the, the few songs you've heard on it before. Uh, it's it's one of the best. It changed the world. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they changed the world every year, right? I mean, that's why we're doing this. Every Absolutely. album changed things, uh, changed everything going on around them, and um, I don't know that it's still changing things today because of where the music industry is. But for many decades after them. Uh, you know, these albums changed a lot. Um, just the influence is mind-blowing uh, on, on other acts. So, yep, that's Sgt. Pepper. And um, as always, uh, if you're listening to this, um, you know where to find us, obviously. Uh, I, oh, I do want to say this. there's this one last thing that we can talk about for a second. As I'm doing the plugs, but yeah. Anyway, Apple Music. Uh, we, we've got our We've got our Facebook. We've got our Twitter, which is at audio Bio PC. uh... The website is AudioBioPC.com. Uh, you can get all the episodes there if they're not in your feed. Um, I'm going to try to start posting a few things in there here and there. Uh, Clint, you can too. I got to give you an admin on that if you don't just. You know, if you've got a right. uh, little idea you want to post about a song you're listening to or something like that, so yeah, check us out in all those places. But there's one place you can't check us out anymore, and that's Spotify. <sighs> Spotify what has uh, pulled down. I heard about this on another music podcast that I listened to about a week ago. They they did an um, they called it an emergency episode and it said something about spotify and i was like oh shit what's happened so spotify has gone through and all music podcasts that have any um music playing on them got pulled so yeah um which mine does there's there's there are some episodes that don't have any music playing and they pulled those too uh If you had any music on any podcast, they jerked you down, which I don't really care. I don't, I think, I think I had one person and if you're still listening, please find somewhere else to listen to. If there was one person that showed up in the stats on every episode, uh, from Spotify. So if you're that person, actually, I hope you found us because we're not there. This isn't there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) damn it. Spotify. But, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, can't get us on Spotify anymore, so uh, it's not going to hurt us too bad. It's not hurting uh, most music podcasts out there either because they really just fired up their um, their whole, you know, they're really pushing the podcast thing now on Spotify. And, oh, okay. And they just really started ramping that up about six months ago. So most people already had listeners elsewhere. Spotify was just kind of gravy. Um. I guess the thing is you know hopefully hopefully it doesn't bleed over into other ways of consuming podcasts i get it you know i us podcasters don't own this music but you know i'm not stealing anything and i'm not making any money and if anything else we're promoting so i don't i don't feel bad um but you know if it if if the whole industry goes that way, then we'll just sit and talk. And, uh, I would say we'll point you to a Spotify playlist of what we're talking about. But you know what? <laughs> Go to hell, Spotify. I'm not going <laughs> to promote your asses. <laughs>
1: so I didn't see that coming,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but you can still find us all those other places. And that poor one person is, you know hopefully they'll just uh they'll s- hopefully they follow the facebook page and they can just click the link and they'll find out if they listen for almost two hours to to me and you i always wonder what hopefully. kind of attention we have uh I, yeah who knows i know we get i know we get a fair amount of listeners um especially for the size of this podcast i just wonder how long they listen um it's nothing for me to listen to a two two and a half hour and we've not gone over two hours so anyway if you are still listening um we we appreciate it and um, thank you yes i i enjoy this this is this is for my friends and my family both to uh join in with me uh, on episodes and to listen and and if nothing else it's a legacy that i can leave to my kids one day i'll be dead and gone and you know they can pull these recordings out and listen to dear old dad you know if nothing else if I don't have any listeners ever, if I've got them listening one day down, down the line, I'm good. So, all right. Well, that, that's it. We're going to be back soon. Keep your eyes out. And uh, as Ringo Starr would say, peace and love.
2: She loved. My was mean, but I'm changing.